know what I really do think is awesome? Chick-fil-A. disagree about them being awesome I just still they're my team but they're not awesome but you, you see what I'm saying like things that we think are great are awesome that we would boast about that we would say this is the greatest there would be oh I should start singing it that no that somebody's going to disagree at some point somebody is going to have another viewpoint or they're going to say are you sure about that do you really know about that, like, are they really that great? And they're going to have some data or some story to tell or some reason why this other thing is more awesomer. Um, yeah. So I get that. And that's the deal with boasting. At some point, it's not going to, it's not going to hold up, you know, it's going to fall down and you're going to say, well, I think it's, I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's great. The very same thing is true with Jesus. When we say, Boast only about the Lord, that there are going to be some people who hear your boasting about the Lord and hear us singing, our God is awesome, and they won't like it. They'll think that is, um, that is a crutch for you. That is fine that you believe that. I just don't believe he's awesome. As a matter of fact, some will go as far as saying, I don't believe there's, I think you're deceived. I don't think there is a he for you to think is awesome. I think you're crazy for thinking there's someone awesome. Or if he's so awesome, then why does he let this happen? There are all kinds of reasons people could give you for why they think God is not that awesome. So when we say boast only about the Lord, I realize I'm telling you, go out there and live in such a way that people will see Jesus and want, hear the incredible news of the gospel of the cross and what Jesus did for us and the power of rising up from the grave and how he's changed your life. 
And some people, hearing all of that, are still going to think, meh, okay, good for you, or not so good for you. You're, you're misguided. Jesus knew this was going to happen. Jesus told us this was going to happen. There's no surprise to Jesus. In the very beginning of what's recorded is his message called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, we hear Jesus tell this. God blesses you when people mock you. What is to mock? To make fun of, to make light of, make you feel stupid or low for who you are. And to persecute you. So to persecute is really uh, like to, to chase out, to run out, to any kind of negative reaction to Jesus. Negative reaction. I guess you could be persecuted for anything, but in this case, persecuted, negative reaction, and they lie about you. They make up stuff that's not true. They spread rumors and gossip about you, and they say all sorts of evil things against you. They're trying to get you to change your own mind and come over to their side or just feel awful about your identity, who you are. You put all your hope in God, he wouldn't have you. You know what you've done, or all kinds of lies, all kinds of evil things, because you are my followers. Now, people may do all those things for other reasons, but he's specifically saying you're blessed. God blesses you if you those things happen because you are his follower. Jesus called his people together, and he said, all right, you've been following me enough now. You've seen some miraculous things, and so it's time for you to go out. It's time for you to go. I'm sending you out. And he tells them the things they're going to do, and it was going to be kind of a, a tough challenge. Take, don't take any money. Don't take extra clothes. Don't pack any bags. Just take what you have on your body and go. Find people who are willing to accept you because there are going to be people who don't accept you. So go. This is in Matthew 10. Then he makes this statement. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. What do you think the fate of a sheep among wolves is? It's not going to work out too well for that sheep, most likely. And he's saying, I'm sending you out. And the best thing I can think of is that your, your identity, when you go out into the world, is that you're going to be like sheep. You're going to be, you know, innocent, trying to follow God, make great choices, to honor him, to speak this wonderful news. You're, you're meek and gentle, not a pushover, not a wimp, but you're just, you're mild. You're loving people. You're gentle. And there are going to be people who will chew you up and spit you out and who will make, who will lie about you and make you feel so low. The world is rough. The context, we go out to boast about the Lord. It's rough out there. Y'all live in it today. You might be able to say, I feel like that sometimes. We're told, go tell people about God. If I did try to do that, I would feel like a sheep among wolves. I already do just trying to live a good life. It's tough walking in the school halls or wherever you may feel threatened. And Paul, who wrote several of the letters in the New Testament, wrote this knowing there are going to be a lot of people who don't buy into the cross, who don't believe it. They say, you, bless you, they say, you can't, you can't prove it. it. It just doesn't make sense. Why would a God, an all-powerful God, come to earth himself or send his son to die on the cross for us? Why, it doesn't make sense. And so Paul writes this in the first chapter, 
the first letter to Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Now, often the people headed for destructions, destruction don't know that. It's not like they're going, woohoo, I'm going to get destroyed. They just don't know better. They don't buy into it because they think there's no way my identity is of value, that people care enough about me, or my identity is bound up in who I am, that I've got to be good. I'm good enough to get through whatever it is, or I have to strive for that. And some of you struggle with that. Maybe all of us struggle with that to some degree. And for sure, people around us on a day-to-day basis struggle with finding their identity in themselves, how good I am. I'm I'm just an awesome person. Instead of in the cross that says, because someone loved me enough to die on the cross for my sins, for what I do wrong, that shows how valuable I am. It's foolishness if you don't believe this. No wonder they'd make fun of you. No wonder they lie about you. They think you're a fool for believing this. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like a, a sheep among wolves, like a, a fool amongst people out there who just they think you, it just doesn't make sense for you to boast about the Lord? So here's a question for you. If we're supposed to follow Jesus and go take the good news to all the world, it's a command he gave us to people who follow him, and in this room are many people who have already chosen to follow him. And for those of you who haven't yet, I hope you at least hear this as I'm being honest. I'm shooting you straight. Jesus actually said, count the cost. Before you follow me, count the cost. And there are so many awesome, wonderful, life-changing things about following Jesus. There's also the reality of what I'm talking about. If you go and share the good news with the world, it can be rough. He actually goes as far as saying it will be. There will be persecution. There will be negative reaction when you go and tell people about Jesus. Tell people, you know you've sinned, and Jesus came to save you from that. People don't like to hear that they've sinned. People don't like to hear that they've messed up. They sure don't want you telling them, rubbing in their face. That's why we talked about last week not being judgmental. But we do want them to know the good news. So if we're guaranteed, if there's a certainty that those who follow Jesus are going to be persecuted, then what does it say if I'm not being persecuted? If there's a guarantee that if you go tell people about Jesus, some persecution is going to come. Some negative reaction is going to come from somewhere in the world around where you share the good news of Jesus and someone believes. Then what does it say if you're not experiencing persecution? It's not meant to be a judgmental statement. It's actually very indicting. It's very, makes me do some soul searching like, ooh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not. So let me tell you about uh, just a couple people who did decide it's worth it to share regardless. Peter and John are two guys who worked so closely with Jesus. they very close, intimate friends with Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to die. They, I'm sure, thought, Okay, he says he's going to die. Then when it happened, they 
were not right there with him. Peter hid. John actually was there with him. But Jesus was alone, hanging on the cross to die for their sins. After Jesus came back from the grave, a few days later, Peter and John raced to the tomb to see Jesus, to see if it's true. Like, is it possible it's, it's just a misunderstanding, a hallucination that he's not there. They got to the tomb and realized his body is not here. A little bit later, Jesus, alive, appeared to them. How would you react? What would your life be like? How would your life change if a man who was living, then died, and then alive again, how would you react if you came face to face with him? And... If this man so happened to claim that he is the son of God and will forgive all sins, I am going to put all my faith and hope in him. And that's what Peter and John did. At least that's what I'd like to think I would do because that's what I'm choosing to do with my life. Peter and John were being, they were going place to place telling people the great news about Jesus after this happened. Obviously, right? That's what you do. You say, I want you to know because Jesus said, I want everybody to know me. You can imagine, though, there were people who were wolves to, to them, who were like wolves to them, who wanted to destroy their efforts. And so they, they said, you shut up, or we're going to make your lives miserable. We'll kill you. We'll put you in prison. Maybe not in that order. And Peter and John said this. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Let's think about this. Who has the power here? You think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. We can't stop telling about it. It's just, it's an impossible thing. We've got to tell the world about Jesus. What kind of motivation, like these guys were willing to give their lives, die at the hands of people who were persecuting them, reacting so negatively they would take their lives. What does it say about men that they would be willing to do that? They must have been so convinced that Jesus was who he said he was and that they were willing to boast about his power, raising from the grave, giving life to everyone who believes, uh, giving grace that he, they would give their lives if it meant helping more people know Jesus. That's bold. That's faithful. That's incredible. That's boasting. This is Paul. Paul wrote this, um, actually said this to some people, some elders, that this is how he felt about following Jesus. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. So it's not like, I don't know, it could happen. The Holy Spirit, who knows all things, is telling him, you're going, suffering and jail lie ahead for you. If you knew that if you go share at school tomorrow about Jesus, that ridicule would come, would you go ahead with it? Or would you say, probably not going to do that. He knows it's going to happen, and he feels compelled to still go. He goes as far as saying this in Acts 20, verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it 
for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And what was the work he was assigned? And by the way, I do think it's the work that you, if you follow Jesus, I think it's the same work you're assigned to. For me as well. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. If you've experienced that grace, that he has changed your life. If you have said, yes, I want him to be Lord of my life. Yes, I want to be baptized, have my sins washed away, and let him be in charge of my life. I want to die to myself and let him live. Then our work is to tell others that good news about the grace we've, ex- we've received. That's our work. How are you doing with that? What will you do to tell others about Jesus Christ? So let me tell you how I'm doing with that, how this hit me this summer. I was in India, and in India right now, there is um, there's actually persecution of people who are Christians. People uh, coming in, beating them during religious assemblies and maybe taking them to jail. That is happening. So we found out about this before we went to India this summer, and we knew that there was a real concern, a real chance that we could, being Americans who were coming to bring the good news of Jesus to share with people and show the love of the grace of God to people, something could happen to us that would be a form of persecution. Could send us home on a, you know, not even less in the country. We could be out in a village sharing the gospel at a gospel meeting and police come or radicals come and take us away, you know, we, all kinds of things. So some authorities did come and question some of our team leaders, and so we got really, like, really concerned, but we decided to do the faithful thing and pray about it. We decided to be wisest for us to, when, if we go to a village, which we did go to a village the next day, if we go to a village, we from America will stay on, in our seats on the ground. We will not go up on the stage and speak because we don't want somebody filming it and posting it on Facebook or something. Yes, they have Facebook in India. And sending it to authorities and saying, look, they're preaching, which is against the law there for us to come preach. Uh, it, it's, yeah, to baptize for sure is against the law. So I was anxious about that, but I was trusting God. I think you can be anxious, trust God. I, anyway, I work in that tension all a lot. Rama, who's a guy I so admire, the leader of the ministry there, was on stage preaching in Telugu. We didn't understand a word he was saying. We were kind of like looking around at kids, making cute faces with them, and just enjoying, taking it all in as hot as all get out. We were just loving being in the moment, and it's crazy, you know, it's it's this awesome place. And Rama looks down at me and says, I, I, it was all Telugu, and then all of a sudden I heard my name. I was like, ooh, what? Yes? And so I kind of, have you all ever had a teacher call your name, and you're like, uh, I got to figure out what he or she was just saying? So, I tuned in very quickly. I realized he was actually calling me up to the stage. I was like, didn't we have this talk that we're not going to do this? I went. I obeyed what I thought, obeyed Rama, obeying the Holy Spirit. I went up to the stage and stood beside Rama. And um, yes, what can I do for you? (laughs) I really was like, what are we doing up here? And he said, he leaned over to me quietly, not in the microphone, quietly and said, you say some words about salvation. That's my Indian (laughs) accent interpretation. I was like, is that, is that okay? Are we okay here? Literally. I mean, I'm asking, the, is this okay? And he said, some way he helped me know, yes, they had searched the area, and it seemed to be clear. And I'm like, search for what? <laughs> what? Like, they're going to be standing out with, like, with 
bats and clubs and stuff to like come and beat us? Like, how do you know that no one's here? Okay, so in that moment, in that moment, I had a peace from the Holy Spirit that's the same Holy Spirit who led Paul to go preach in Jerusalem, even though he's going to get have be arrested and suffering, jail, all these things. That same Holy Spirit helped me in that moment to preach the gospel. And in a split second, I had this moment of, I am willing to go to jail for this. I am willing for someone, bring it on. That would be, if I can help people know Jesus by me going to jail here in India, I'll do it. And I was ready, guys. I'm not kidding. I was not, like, just puffed up. I really was like, I will be that obedient to, to tell the gospel right here, right now. And I, I, by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to share the gospel, and several were baptized that day. I don't believe it's because of work I did. I believe it's because of the Holy Spirit and the, the great news of the gospel. When I finished... I had a realization that breaks my heart. Why would I be willing to go to jail in India for sharing the gospel? But I have a really hard time talking with my neighbors or people I play basketball with at the Y or people I'm not sure we share the same views. Why do I have such a hard time talking with them about my faith and about Jesus? I don't know. I think I'm afraid of negative reaction. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of telling someone about Jesus and them saying, whatever, you can't prove that. Or asking me some hard questions, I'm going, okay, think back, think back. I, I've been taught this before. There's, there's an answer there. I don't know. And I look like uh, dumb, like you Christians, you just, you just don't know. And, and I don't want to be caught not knowing. I don't want to be rejected. So... What will you do to tell others about Jesus Christ? That doesn't let me off the hook. I have to, I have to listen to God and trust God to go do what he told me to do. I didn't read the full verse of the, the promise, the blessing that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. I want to read it to you now because I want you to live in this. I want to share in this. And this is how we'll close and get you ready to head out to small group. This is what we started with. God blesses you when people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. He repeated it. Jesus is like, are you sure? Be happy if people make fun of me, post things about me, are talking about me behind my back or Make me look stupid? Ask me questions I can't answer? Be glad about that? For a great reward awaits you in heaven. I do not think it would be wise for you to go out searching for persecution. That's not what we're talking about here. Bring it on, because the greater persecution, the greater reward. I, don't, I think that's foolish and self-centered. But if you're following Jesus... When persecution does come because you're boasting about the Lord, you don't get to determine others' reactions. What if the worst persecution in the world is actually people not knowing about Jesus? And we have something we can do to help them know Jesus. What if that's the worst thing that can happen to someone is not knowing about Jesus, and we, have, we can do something about that? We do something about how we are loving and kind and talk to, to others about why Jesus means something in our life. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. 
be bold about boasting about the Lord. We've been talking about boasting about the Lord. Be bold about boasting about the Lord. That's something the Holy Spirit is going to have to do. I can't do that for you. I can, I'm not even a great motivator, inspirer. I just want to call you back to what the Holy Spirit can do if we realize, you know what? It's worth it. Them knowing the good news about Jesus is worth it, even if it's a no. It's a negative reaction. And guess what? Can you imagine if you follow the Holy Spirit and you are bold and you told someone how awesome Jesus is and they buy it? They want some of that. They want to know him too. Can you imagine how incredible that would feel? How awesome that would be to be in on someone's story that you got to help them know Jesus because you were bold enough to boast about him? Let's fill this room up. Let's fill this place up. Let's, there are not enough buildings in this county, church buildings anyway, to hold all the people in this county if they all said, I want to go hear more about Jesus. So we've got plenty of room here that we can let more people come who want to hear about the Lord. All we need are people who are willing to go and boast about the Lord. Let me pray for you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of Jesus being Lord of my life, I stand before these people saying, I believe in your power to still save people, heal fix the broken, help the people who are hurting, be an answer to all the questions that we have. I know the, not everyone in the world is going to choose to receive you. Some are going to have negative reactions. But Father, may this group of people be bold about sharing their faith, about telling the awesome news of Jesus Christ. And for those in this room who don't yet know him to be awesome, don't yet experience the grace that comes with Je knowing Jesus. That's what I pray for them, that they would experience that. The love that has transformed my life, the Holy Spirit who gives me courage and boldness and helps me be who you called me to be. I want every one of these to experience that too. We put our trust in Jesus, in Christ alone. We follow your Holy Spirit. And if your Holy Spirit says, go talk to this person, we want to do that with boldness. Thank you for loving us, being patient with us, and calling us along out into a place where our trust is without borders. We want to be in a place where we know only you, only your greatness and awesomeness are seen. That's our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.